I don't spend any time trying to work on behavior modification. My clients a lot of times want me to help them work on this. It's a behavior they want to change. And I'm always like, what's the belief? Write it out. What's the root belief that is causing that habitual behavior that you're telling me you want to modify? Write that out and keep writing until you go, there it is. And so we get at that belief and you go, do you really believe that? How could you deepen your belief in that? And if you did, what would happen to that behavior? Mm -hmm. And it's almost always like, that's the magic. Mm -hmm. We got to go back to get to that root. Okay, today's guest on the Gravity Podcast is Chet Scott. As many of you know, Chet is a longtime coach of mine and a friend. And we have now had Chet on the podcast probably a handful of times. And it's always really a joy for both of us. We love to just kind of break down work and life and um, cover a variety of subjects, just sort of let the uh, conversation go where it goes. So it's great to have Chet back on the podcast, have a chance to spend some time with him, and hopefully uh, you guys enjoyed as much as we did. Thank you. We are back on the podcast with Chet Scott. Chet is now the most frequent guest, I guess, or repeat guest we've had, but that's intentional because we have a lot to talk about and I really enjoy being in conversation with you and always learn a lot and yeah, it's just a lot of fun to be together. So welcome back. Thank you. Good to be back. Yeah. And I know you're just coming from a practice with the Kaufman development team, mm-hmm. which, you know, for those that don't know, Chet's a, a coach and has been working with my team from the beginning, has been working with me even before Kaufman development was a thing. And yeah, comes over to gravity and meets with our team. And then we get to sit down and do yeah. this. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that today's subject was one we were just starting to talk about a little bit. So yeah, I'll let you hop right in. As we've discussed before, you know, I wrote Becoming Built to Lead, kind of a daily reader back in 2020, but I really wrote it over 20 years. (laughs) It's been a culmination of like the 20 plus years of doing Built to Lead that I finally just put into a one a day, hey, kind of walk the reader through what it what the journey looks like becoming built to leave. And surprisingly, the book um, has been most useful with people that already know built to lead. You know, the, the publisher talked me into writing the book as a way to broaden who gets to taste built to lead people we wouldn't get to who could buy the book. And it's what it's turned out. It's just been a great tool to use with people we already work with, but occasionally somebody actually does pick it up or listen to it. And I get a note from them. And as I've looked back over the couple of years now of getting notes from people I don't know who are not built to lead clients, not of mine or of other builders, there's a theme. They basically write me about one of two days, day six, which is about how hard life is. And I just kind of threw up a stream of consciousness one day about I was probably having a hard day, you know, which we all have. And I just wrote out all the things about life that are hard and good things, not so good things, They're all hard. And how the hardest thing out of all of those is becoming who we are. So the the post ends with, and all of this is hard, 
But if you want to know what I believe is the hardest thing, the hardest thing is just you becoming you. Mm -hmm. And so that one gets a lot of, I get a lot of, what do you mean? You know, I get a lot of stuff on that yeah. one. And then the other one. Look, we just talked about that for a minute. Yeah. Okay. It's well, your, it's your podcast. Well, we're going to get to the, to the one that you shared with the team today, mm. but that one's, I think too good just to gloss over for people that, you know, maybe haven't been exposed to built to lead or heard you talk about this. And, and it hits home for me because that's been my journey. Mm. And I think it's really the reason why people respond to that is because it's, it's, it hits people. Right. And, and one of the things, in fact, I was just talking to David about this. You know, one of the things is uh, really even being aware that you're not being who you are. Right. You know, that, that seems to be most people, a lot of people are, I was walking mm -hmm. around, not even knowing what was running. Yeah. The majority. Yeah. You know, the majority, I don't think it's, a few people or a lot of people, it is like the majority, which is, you know, again, why when, when our purpose statement for why does Built to Lead exist, we've written it over and over, over 21 years and rinsed it to get clear. And this latest rinse has been with us about five years and I haven't felt the need to, to change it because the words just resonate right now with where I'm at. And our purpose for being is the first part of that is together we awaken. Awaken, right. And it's like, yeah. why is that such a big deal? Because the world sleepwalks. Yeah. And we just want you to sleepwalk. Yeah. It's easier if you don't think. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, you're not going to be who you are when you're sleepwalking. Yeah. Even if it's a good dream you're in, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's harsh to wake up and face the reality of like, I'm not sure why I'm doing this. I'm not sure who I am. This doesn't make sense. I, um, and we're so used to putting on a mask for the world pretty soon. Like, again, we just start to have these personas that we put out depending on where we are. Yeah. 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 And, and it seems like, um, it's interesting. I, I'm actually writing a book mm. and I just started to really finish uh, the beginning of it. And it, the beginning is in part telling the story of how we met. Nice. Yeah. And, you know, how the, the, the awakening right. that, you know, I had in part, in large part, you know, due to, to meeting you and working with Built to Lead and, 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 you know, and what, doing the work and then doing the work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, but what I was kind of curious about for those that are sleepwalking, it feels almost a little like it's, uh, you're, you're a little helpless. And what I am thinking about in hindsight is like more of a, an energetic thing or in my case, I think I was just noticing or feeling like, uh, things are not going the way that I want them to go. I'm not, I don't feel there's something I wasn't feeling. It was more of a feeling mm. I was in my head about it, but in hindsight, I just felt unhappy or uncomfortable or like, you know, unsatisfied. And, and so when I met you, it was like, I think I need to work with this guy. I think he can help me. You know, <laughs> I didn't know what I, I had no idea what right. was really going on. And I'm wondering, you know, I guess, what is it that people should be paying attention to in that early, early stage where they're not awake? 
I mean, we're never going to get to day 173. Yeah, we are. We no, we're are not. There. No, we're not. <laughs> this is what happens every time because there's there's so much to every question you ask. Uh -huh. So I, so my short answer is there was a great film put out in 1999 that I have every client watch at the beginning of our work together. And you know this movie. And it is a, I think, just a brilliant wake-up call is what the artist that, that wrote that wanted to deliver to the world in 1999. And it's the movie's called The Matrix. And so I would say the short thing for somebody to do is just, if you watch that movie and it doesn't stir something in you, mm -hmm. then this probably isn't for you. You know what I mean? But if you watch that movie and you really, you really pay attention to Neo, Trinity, Morpheus, and the agents and the matrix, like, I mean, it's, it's so, it was so written for today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think more and more, the more that we, I think COVID exaggerated it but, and technology just preys on it. You know, technology is great if you know how to use it. Technology can take over if you let it just use you and, and then you'll get lost. You know what I mean? And, uh, and I think the matrix really shows a real picture of, of that, that back when they wrote it in the late nineties was seemingly very science fiction. And today it feels very science reality, mm -hmm. you know? And so I would just tell people, watch The Matrix. If it doesn't, if that stirs you, start to write about what, what are you feeling? And I tell people, just throw it up and just write, what am I feeling? And then what am I thinking? And then what do I want to do with that? And if you would just do that every day for a period of three weeks, that's kind of my recipe. Just, you know, if you want to use Bill Toledo as a stir, use that, read a day and write. Get a, a book you like, read a bit of it and write. Mm -hmm. And, and don't write whatever you read, you know what I mean? But write what you're feeling. Because mm -hmm. most of us have forgotten how to feel life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens when you sleepwalk. Yeah. And so I, I want people to get to where they can feel stuff. And I'm not saying you want to be ruled by your feelings. That's not what I'm saying. But we've lost touch with a lot of that. And you got to feel life to have a, figure out who you are. Mm -hmm. You can't get there just with your rational brain. Yeah, I think that's... <laughs> That's a great learning, mm -hmm. you know, because most of us are thinking about life and not feeling our way through it. Yeah. And the, the feeling has so much intelligence. There's so much information available mm -hmm. if you can pay attention to the feelings. Mm -hmm. And it's a, sort of a funny thing. You know, people are uncomfortable even talking about feelings. It's right. like taboo or, right. you know, I don't know, weird, right. especially men. But yeah. You know, it's, it's, if you think about it as, as information, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's just really intelligent. Well, and, and so let me put it in practical terms. When I want people to feel life, I'm not just talking about tuning into their feelings or their emotions. I'll give you a couple examples. You're one of them. So what I mean by when I want people to feel life, when you started Kaufman Development, and you and I are down North Star in the short North where we've been and people listening to this over and over have heard us talk about this forever. It's a great, it's a great visual in my mind though of feeling. And you had no, you had no projects of your own yet. You had no teammates yet. You were on your own. We're in the short North and you're looking for space, right? A space where you're going to, you're going to park Kaufman development and build it. And we walked after having lunch, we walked down high street, went into a few places. They 
they kind of all looked the same to me. And we turned down Warren and the, the building, it looked like a dump to me. It didn't look the same as the other ones we'd gone into. It was being remodeled or whatever you want to call it, right? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you walked into it and I'm like, oh God, this, this definitely isn't the place in my mind. I didn't say a thing, but I'm like, this won't last long. And you walked in, looked around and he goes, and you said, um, this is it. <laughs> and I'm like, BK, this, this is it. <laughs> and you were like, yeah, I, f- I feel it. Yeah. And that's what we call what masters do when they discover whatever nuance to their craft. It's a feeling. And you felt something about that space that I didn't feel, but you were right. Right. And that is, you got to tune into that. You got to feel life. You got to, if you're going to be a great developer, you don't just follow the numbers. Everybody can do that. You follow the numbers and then you develop a feel for what's the right real estate. Mm-hmm. Where would this, where would this fly? Yeah. And you have a great feel for your business, which is why you've been successful. We, you know, we work with sports teams. It's the same thing. You know, they have to develop a feel for the game. If they simply play it by their rational brain, they'll never be great. The great ones have a feel that they've developed over time, which they have to be in tune with their feelings to develop the feel for the yeah. game. Does that make any sense? It does. It makes a lot of sense. And, um, you know, one in fact, we just actually renewed our lease for a 12th year. I think oh, it's 12 years. It's good. And so, yeah, that was feeling. And we've talked about this on the podcast, you know, that you don't develop gut instincts without doing a lot of sit-ups, right? right. Like you, you have to do your reps to really develop that instinct. That's right. Uh, And you mentioned the sports teams and I was actually just coming from tennis this morning and thinking about, you know, the feeling. And I know that you are uh, a huge U2 fan, the book Surrender, you and I've talked about, you know, listening to the music the i've been on kind of repeat listening to to bad in the mornings mm-hmm. when i'm journaling and is coming to mind right now is just the idea of letting go and surrendering to the feeling you mm-hmm. know i think that a lot of times what happens is you have the feeling and then the mind comes in and says, but yeah, no, and that's, right. you know, that'd be too hard and that's too expensive and that's too messy. Or I'm not, you know, I, I better be careful, you know, using the tennis thing, you know, this morning, Ty Tucker was pushing me on when you have a tough shot, when you're like in a bad position, just make the shot. You don't have to hit a winner, right. you know, and it's sort of a combination of a feeling, yeah. right. Of just kind of letting go and trusting the stroke. And, and there's so much there, you know, it's, it's part of the reason I just love, you know, sports is because you can learn a lot about life, you know, and anything that you do, but talk, talk about, you know, that piece, the, the letting go, the surrendering, the trusting of the feelings that we all have and, and most people ignore. Well, again, like every question you ask. I want to, I'm trying to think about how to sit, give an answer in without taking 30 minutes because the surrender topic, you know, that book is so great. The surrender project. I mean, there's so many good thoughts around that, that are just like timeless truths that it's so hard to just give a hack. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
and somebody listening to a podcast, they want to get, do this. This is the way. And um, so like, I think the, the surrender, if we were to go back to your example, how would I, how do you surrender in the game of tennis when you're out of position? And I think, again, it comes back to, you've been playing tennis and you've been working on your game. I know now for years. And Ty Tucker, for those listeners that don't know who that is, that's like a guy who has his name on a building already at Ohio State, which is like never been done. They just won their 17th consecutive Big Ten championship. Unreal. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Number two in the country. They won it all again, won it many times. So this dude is quite the coach, right? And he's coaching you up about what to do when you're out of position. And he's saying, don't go for the winner. Just get it back. Get it in play. Give yourself time to surrender to the reality that this is what I can do now. Keep the ball, keep it going. I think that's a great lesson. Mm -hmm. So that requires that the tennis player or, or the athlete or the human being knows, is aware who they are, what they're capable of, where they are, and like, what's the right play now? Mm -hmm. And that takes a surrender mindset of everything doesn't have to be a home run. Mm -hmm. I don't have to get it all done today. Yeah. You know, just live to find another, in that case, point, mm -hmm. another shot, live to find another day. But that's hard to do when your ego is dominating yeah. all you're about. You haven't surrendered to anything. You got to win everything. Yeah, right. And I work with a lot of young people who are used to winning everything, whether they're in business or in sport. And this concept of surrender makes their blood boil. When yeah. I say, hey man, come on, just like, let it go. Let's surrender. Let's just train and let's not look at what, you, you know, previous best, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, he calls it in tennis terms, an aggressive push. Mm. Push for people that don't know. It's just like, you're just pushing the ball back. You're keeping it in play. Right. He's like, you don't want to do that because you're going to be eaten up by a better player. You want to be an aggressive push. I like that. Which I thought was, you know, sort of a great mm. metaphor for life. Like you want to lean in, you want to get aggressive at times, you want to go for it. And, you know, you've been really good at coaching me about playing a long game, you right. know, and, and not, you know, killing yourself too soon. Right. Okay. Speaking of surrender and not winning, my therapist actually has been harping that I I persevere. I like to I like to win in a, an argument that I am not curious enough, and so I'm going to back up and not dominate the conversation mm. um, on day six. And we are actually going to go to day one seventy three, and I want to really get curious with you about what in that day is really uh, coming up for you and. And for other people, why that's, that day is also so important. Yeah. Again, I'll try to give you the CCD version, which I tell everybody to be CCD, but I tell stories and they're not very CCD. Yeah, you're pretty good. Mm -hmm. Gotten better. Better. Okay. So day 173 was titled Tougher when I originally wrote the book. And I was in a practice. I had, it had been in print, but I hadn't like bought a, thousands of copies of it yet. And I was in a practice with a young woman and that was like the perfect day for where we were in practice. And I'm like, cause she's super kind, really good leader. And in this particular situation, she was not being tough enough. And I was trying to get her to see like the right call here is a tough call and you can do it. It's in you. And she was just really struggling 
with the thought of being tougher. Like it was almost like a bad word. And so I was thinking kind of real time, and how do I reach her? Like this is not working chat, right? And I said to her, I said, okay, now let me ask you this. What's the truth about this situation? Give me the truth. And she did. And I, I listened to it and I'm like, okay, we're in agreement, right? Okay. So how is the leader, if that's the truth about the situation, just tell me how you could be truer and how you're handling it. Can you kind of walk me through it? And she did. And it was like exactly what I wanted her to do, which in my mind was tougher. And as I kept, and I, I'm like, that's perfect. Do that. I, I thought to myself, okay, I got to redo this day and I'm going to rewrite it and I'm going to retitle it. And I did. I told the publisher, we're going to republish. I have some of both. And I kind of giggle because mm -hmm. who, who does that? Only crazy people like me. <laughs> <laughs> and I renamed it Truer. And it's a kind of a tough day, you know, it, it's, but it's, but with the ring of just being truer, people resonates with people. I need to, yeah, I'm dancing too much, mm -hmm. kind of dodging a little bit. Yeah. Wow. It sets me free chat when you just say, just be truer. Yeah. I can be truer. And, and so I, I mean, every day in multiple practices every day, this topic comes up and and so that's, I think, I mean, and it resonates with people that don't know it because they send me notes about it, that that day kind of resonated with them like day six. And so I just wanted to talk about it because it's like my favorite verse in the Bible, John 8, 32. I've probably shared this on the podcast before. I share it about every day. It's my favorite verse. And I have a little twist on it. You know, I always, you know, there's a million translations. Why can't I write kind of my own? I've just written a little one, and someday you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. I love that. Mm -hmm. Love that. To me, that's heaven, where we don't guess. You uh, got a thought? Yeah, I do. Well, I have a question. I have a feeling I, I know the answer to this, but I, I want to hear your answer, and I want to mm. just talk about it. But um, what is it that keeps people from not sharing their truth? That's <laughs> a great question. What I, have, what I would say in my study of leaders, I wouldn't say this is true for all people because I haven't studied all people, but I've studied leaders and the leaders I work with and, and the leaders of teams that I don't work with but that are in team practice that I see. And they don't want to, we've become, an, we've gone back to this feelings. I would say we've become over fixated on how truth makes others feel. So for instance, in fact, we, this came up this week multiple times, leaders telling me why they're not dealing with unvarnished truth with a teammate that's not meeting the bar because they're good people and they don't want to make them feel bad. And I hear that all the time. Like they're not, you know, they're not meeting the bars, but they're really close and everybody likes them. And so we've gotten this, I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy, Chad. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that when we sit and look at, you need to speak truth. I don't want to be that guy. And if you're a leader, I always tell them, you already are that guy. If you're a leader, you, you must parcel truth. You must bathe in truth. You must, if you're going to be a leader of a high-performance team, you must have standards and you truly hold people to them. So we've gotten enamored with being inclusive. And I say this all the time. I love being inclusive. But if you're a leader, you're also exclusive. You cannot lead a high-performing team 
with just a sense that I'm and a feeling that I'm going to just be an all-inclusive leader, you're going to have to extrude people from the system that don't meet the standard. If you're a leader, this is part of the. Ch- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And people tell me, man, I don't want to be that guy. I'm like, again, people dance around it, and I'm just like, what's the truth? It's what- an interesting thing that two words, tough and truth. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you you didn't rewrite the whole message. You right. you changed the the title. Right. And and I'm guessing, you know, tough is a word that people feel sort of afraid of almost, you know, that the word itself is even too much for people. You know, I don't want to be tough. Right. 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 So maybe I could be truthful. Be truthful. Yeah. But I don't want to be truthful if I think it could be harmful or hurtful to other people. And so I had a team recently, last week, witnessed me and one of my clients in front of the team that she leads. We disagreed in front of them. And I had shared what I believed about the situation. And she just from the back of the room said, I don't believe that. And I said, okay, well, tell me more. And so she did. And the team is watching us disagree, both based on our belief and both believing that we were right. And we didn't agree. And we didn't get upset. I didn't, I really wanted to hear her side. And I could kind of, hmm, I'm starting to get it. Uh, and I think she heard my side, hmm, starting to get it. But we did not agree, right? Mm-hmm. But, and the team afterwards said, man, that was a really tough conversation you guys just had. I learned a lot about how to really have tough conversations. And I looked at my client and I said, was that tough for you? And she said, no. And I said, that wasn't tough for me either. We were just speaking truth. We were speaking from something that really, we really believed. And that doesn't mean that, that we agreed. And mm-hmm. it's okay. Yeah. And I've just like, I wish I could get that into the minds and hearts of every team I work with that don't fixate on like, I can't speak what I'm really believing here because it might be hurtful. No, you need to be able to speak it and you need to be able to hear others speak back to you something that doesn't agree. Mm-hmm. And that's all right. Yeah. That is a really interesting subject because I think, you know, as a society, we've really lost the ability to do that. Right. Personally, I've, been working on that quite a bit too, where, you know, what happened to me, at least I think what happens to a lot of people when they start to wake up and understand what they believe. And when you, when you do enough reps, you start to really get pretty set in your belief system. That's right. I'm actually reading, rereading, think again. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. I'm actually listening to it this time. Mm -hmm. I I read it and now I'm listening to it and, um, and rereading is a conversation maybe we'll, we'll talk about, but (laughs) that's uh, a good one too. Yeah. That one's been me a lot. And anyway, you know, it's alarming what happens when you get so set in your beliefs that you can't hear other people. It's not just that there's some sort of you know, oneness that gets lost or, you know, let's all get along kind of thing. Like, I mean, that would be nice um, if that's it, but like you might actually change what you believe if you can put your beliefs to the side for a second and get curious with somebody and, and really try to learn where they're coming from and see if anything lands. And I, I guess the question is, you know, the challenge for me is, you know, when you have those feelings that you feel pretty good about what you think, 
having enough awareness to not just skip over somebody else's, you know, belief in the, in the dialogue. That's right. And uh, yeah, that's, you know, I don't know Mm -hmm. if there's, I guess the question is like, you know, once you get so strong in your belief, how do you protect against, you know, making sure that you don't miss something? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And which is why as the stronger you get, the more diverse minds, the more diverse thoughts you need to bring into your system because the stronger you get, the more set you get. The best way to upset that is to be open to different views and be exposed to them and let them in and process them through your strong core. It is the weak one that cannot listen to an alternative idea. The strong are always learning. They're curious and they're like, tell me more. Right. And that doesn't mean that they will agree with you at the end of the day, but they're going to let it in, process it through their core, think about it, maybe get, think again, reread the book. You know what I mean? That's the sign that you're really strong is how well you understand that we're all biased. All humans. One of my, one of my deeply held beliefs is all humans are biased. The strongest amongst us are aware of theirs and tolerant of yours. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how you know you're strong. Mm. Isn't it funny how, you know, words like tough and strong have very different meanings to mm-hmm. people? Mm-hmm. What you just said, you know, the definition of strong, I agree. You know, it's, it's, it's really, I had somebody tell me, uh, <laughs> he was a Turkish guy who had seen the speech I gave years ago at the, at the Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, I know, I remember he that said, one. You know, you, you know, you're, you're, you're very uh, fragile and <laughs> you can talk about, you know, your feelings and, you know, he didn't even mean it. It was just sort of right. like... His yeah. Turkish upbringing like had me as weak. I think right. he might have even used the word right. weak. And and I said to him, actually, uh, you know, talking about your life and your feelings and and the challenges you have is it takes a lot of strength. That's it's right. really the opposite of weakness. That's right. That's right. But you know, it, it is interesting how you know we put words to things and and define things very differently. Isn't that the truth? Right. Yeah. Yeah, another one of my beliefs regarding that is, and this one's a, from a recent rinse, which by the way, I'm on a everyday rinsing my worldview. I've been doing it since, since I got really frustrated with a few clients of mine that I weren't doing the work a couple of months ago. I was like in a ball. I wrote about it and I'm like, you know, because they weren't getting some of the basics. And I, at the end of that, I just wrote to myself, well, I'm going to double down on me. I'm going to just work more on getting my belief system strong. And because I took my own medicine, like every leader gets exactly the team they deserve. So I looked in there and said, Chet, you're frustrated with clients. Get frustrated with you. What, what do you want to do different? They are who they are. What are you going to change in you? And so I started saying, man, I'm going to, they don't get the fundamentals right. Well, I'm going to go back to fundamentals. And I just went back to my worldview, said, I'm going to commit to looking at it every day and rinsing it every day. And I've been doing it now for, I don't know, six, seven weeks. I'm blown away with how much clearer I am. Mm. I know I'm a better builder from doing this. I don't know when I'm going to stop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But one of the ones that I've written in that period was vulnerability. I've got a belief about it. I believe it's a superpower of the strong. And it just hit me. It, I believe that. Yeah. Talk, talk a little bit about, we, we started it. I could talk about that for hours. Can't we just keep going? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, well, I'm just tugging on threads here. And we talked a little bit about 
rereading and mm-hmm. I was thinking about this before we started today that you know you've been going back and and doing the worldview rinsing yeah and I'd like you to talk a little bit about the importance of going back to go forward you know that I think again when you know, when you get kind of awake and and you know what you believe you know you do a lot of going forward yes uh, you know I have been just loving going back and rereading books that I've read that I love that I got a lot out of and yeah and shocked at how much I'm still getting out of reading something for a third time. Mm-hmm. You've talked about, you know, how you, when you change opus statements, you know, after a number of years, there's small changes. Right. And so that you could debate, well, is it really worth going back to catch something, you know, sort of nuanced or, or small, but going back seems to really be a lot of fuel to, to move forward. Oh, yeah. Sort of counterintuitive. Yeah. The habit, as I've studied people that lived well, you know, the habit that I've seen in lives that I went, man, that, that, that's a rich life. That was a good life. They made lots of progress. You know, they went forward. They, they, they were innovators. You know, they, they did things that are really cool. You know what I mean? And they spent a lot of time alone, quietly going back. They developed habits of reflecting, meditating, of praying slowing down to speed up and that was just like as they as i read and study them that was like a hallmark of how they got ahead was they built margin into their life where they could go back Mm -hmm. slow down they didn't just spend all their time chasing the next shiny thing they realized these old truths i'm not really embodying i gotta go back and work on my fundamentals like these worldview statements that i believe i need to write the nuance for where I am now, so that when I look at it, that'll remind me. Yeah, that's what you believe, so now behave accordingly. Because the best of us have, we understand beliefs and behaviors are never perfect. But the more we get them closer to being equal, the more at peace we are. That's another one of my my deeply held beliefs, is that I don't spend any time trying to work on behavior modification. My clients a lot of times want me to help them work on this. It's a behavior they want to change. And I'm always like, what's the belief? Mm -hmm. Write it out. What's the root belief that is causing that habitual behavior that you're telling me you want to modify? Write that out and keep writing until you go, there it is. And so we get at that belief and you go, do you really believe that? How could you deepen your belief in that? And if you did, what would happen to that behavior? Mm -hmm. And it's almost always like, that's the magic. Mm -hmm. We got to go back to get to that root. And sometimes I go, that's a self-limiting belief. Yeah, I'd get it. You really do believe it. It's not true. That's your childhood. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's a drunk in your head. Mm-hmm. And you've thought it's a sage. And I'm like here to tell you, like, that is not the truth about you. Yeah. That's far from it. Mm. And brother, sister, man, we got to like throw that out. Mm-hmm. That is some bad stuff that you're buying into and you're believing and you're saying it's true. I'm saying that's a self limiting belief. It's not true. Yeah. That might have been true 20 years ago. Hmm? Not today. So let's throw it out. Mm-hmm. And boy, I think that's the real power of having a coach, a truth teller, mm-hmm. because uh, our beliefs can be tied to things we're unconscious to from our past, stories that we were told or we took on right. that do not have to be true. And we live into them mm-hmm. thinking that they're just fact. 
Right. Uh, right. But you can change what you believe too. That's right. Uh, which is one of the things I remember from my early days doing the built lead work was that when you went through the discovery questions, that you just needed to answer them exactly where you were at that time. That's right. Including, I don't know. Right. I don't know what I believe about this. Right. I've never thought about it. I don't want to think about it. Mm -hmm. I don't like what, you know, and just kind of puking it up Mm -hmm. so that you can then start to get to what's, what's really true deep down for you. I have one more question, which, which is probably going to be annoying to you because it's, it's probably a a whole podcast by itself. And we're probably going to be running out of time. I don't know. Yeah. But we probably are. Yeah. This would be the last question. Okay, good. Um, so my question to you is really a a spiritual question. Uh, And those that know you or have listened to you know that you are religious, spiritual, have strong beliefs about God things that are sort of off-putting for a lot of people Mm -hmm. don't want to talk about it. Right. You know, I think you and I have found common ground. In fact, I've come a long way from, you know, probably answering those discovery questions as an atheist to having a belief in God. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, what I guess I'm curious about is coming back to the surrender a little bit, you know, you talked about, you don't do behavior modification. I actually just had James clear on the podcast and we Mm, talked about, you know, it's not, it's not about hacks, right? It's not about fixing things Mm -hmm. that there's this, this sort of surrender, this, this deep soul part of us that, that does feel in my beliefs, it is tied to very spiritual thing that if mm-hmm. you can sort of, you know, like the matrix kind of surrender into that energy, which is yeah. hard. I mean, I, I, you know, don't do it that often, you know, right. I catch myself more now, but it's, it's, it feels very, all of it, like it's happening. It's all happening. Right. Right. That's another one of my beliefs, mm-hmm. right? It's perfect for what it is and mm-hmm. what it's not. Oh, yeah. And so I guess maybe you could just talk a little bit about the spiritual piece of this puzzle, the, the God energy, you know, that's at work here. And, and, you know, I think people get lost a little on leadership and business and hacks and tools and, and underneath it all is something, you know, much more profound. Yeah. Well, that is a podcast. Yeah. (laughs) So I'll try to be brief. And yeah, so all this work we do on your worldview, we do by having people write, I believe, and then fill in the blank. And the way you started is you just think about like, what are the, how do you make sense of the world? You have a belief system. It's mostly un, unconscious, subconscious for the vast majority of humans who've not thought about it, but it's there. And so when we start the built to lead work after discovery, which discovery is a tool to get you to think about what do you believe, Right. Uh, you start to author your worldview in, I believe, I believe, I believe, and you just write it out and throw it out. And, and then we go back and we rinse to go, okay, well, let's, let's see, where does behavior come in? Well, if you believe this, let's, let's think about like in day to day now, look at your behaviors as you go through your day, see how they tie back to your belief. If it's a really good belief system, you will see it, your behaviors for the day, they're rooted back 
to these, I believe, that's how we know it's true. It's never perfect, but that's the gig. And I don't tell people, I'm not there to tell them what to believe, you know, about God, about the universe, about work, about life, about marriage, you know, about struggle, about surrender. It's not my aim to like take my worldview and bolt it into you. My aim is to really get clear on my belief system, square up my behaviors with it, and lead myself in a way that aligns to my worldview. And the seminal thought of all of Built to Lead, in a sentence when I've thought that all through and say, what's the real premise? Leaders are believers. And so mm. it kind of makes sense that if that's my seminal thought, then there's a whole bunch of thoughts like, what do I, what do I believe? And I really do believe that creation is, is true and evolution is true. I believe there is a God and I believe we can know him. And then I just kind of go and throw up my thoughts down that line and that stream. And I really believe it. And I also believe that one of my beliefs is that absolute truth does exist. It's just really rare and rarely found. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so my gig is to just be a believer and to be believable. And I want to show people that hopefully that there is, that there is a God that I believe in, that I believe that we're meant to be vessels of, of love and to give more than we take, because this is, I don't believe death is the end. I believe death is a door. And that if we're made in the image of God, we're, we're, we're made to be so much more than what we think physically we are. And that we can't see love, but we know it when we feel it. And that, that I believe we were designed in that. We were designed for that. And so like that's, I'm trying to invest my life figuring out how to be, you know, that's why my, my mantra at the end of all my posts, I wrote, live hard. You remember the final two words? Love hard. Love hard, yeah. Yeah. And I believe that's, that's my spiritual being speaking. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I believe you. Yeah. And. And I'm far from it, yeah. right? And, you know, like I'm far from it. And I believe that the gig, the longer we get, the more we try to make those beliefs and behaviors more equal, you know, because none of us is, I'm not by any stretch perfect, nor do I, I know I'm very imperfect, but like, I just, I, I feel very much that that's the pull yeah. to loving harder. Yeah. That's the pull. Yeah. And going back to that office of ours, Kate, of the, of the many things you've said that we could have written on the wall, the one we chose was leaders are believers, mm -hmm. Chet Scott. So Chet, it's good to be in truth with you. Mm -hmm. You know, these this experience doing this with you feels like that to I know. me, you know? It feels unbarn. It does. I mean, yeah, I love that. That's why we keep doing it. Yeah. Because yeah. it gives us both energy because we're just, you know, we're living that the tagline together we transform. Yeah, I mean, together. I, I feel something every time I'm with you in here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so if the yeah. audience doesn't, it's not, I mean, that's all right. Yeah. Yep. That's right. It's something I was going to bring up with you and, and we'll wrap up here. But, you know, what I see you doing and what I have found works in my own life mm -hmm. is using the experience you're having, you know, when you talked about, I'm just going to go back and do my worldview. And, and now you're like, okay, that's working for me. I'm going to share it with other people. Right. You know, it, it is really kind of 
go back, go inward, learn, see how your experience is going, you know, learn something, share it with other people back and forth. I mean, it is a very uh, together experience that, that I think works Mm -hmm. where there's a sharing of, of experience and learning and being together through it all. Mm -hmm. And it's just been joy to be together with you always Mm -hmm. on this journey. And again, uh, for another pod. Thank you. Yeah. Good to be here. All right. That's a wrap. Thanks everybody. Thank you for listening to the gravity podcast. Please subscribe to the show at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the entire Gravity Project, please go to gravityproject.com. Please check out the podcast on Instagram at the Gravity Podcast. Music heard of the show is provided courtesy of Kyle Lamoro and Oliver Oak. 